All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, December 12th of 2022. Looking ahead to a Monday night football showdown, seven-game NBA slate, as well as a six-game NHL slate. Should be a fun night. Plenty of DFS action for all of you DFS action junkies out there. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I am one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to uh, any and all DFS-related questions, how to use the SaberSim app. Questions come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you are not in our Discord, there is a link in the description to get joined up. Highly recommend it, as always, as well as a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Check out SaberSim. Get your questions answered here in this show five days a week, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, every single day. If you are just tuning in, have some questions, you can also throw them in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. We usually get through the Discord questions first and then hop over to YouTube chat, but we make sure to get everybody's questions answered. So uh, th there's the intro. Going to get rolling here, and it is Monday, so that means that we have to uh, go over the winners for our weekly max challenge. Going to get uh, that pulled up here. Been running it all season. Week 14 here, so winding down. Only a couple more weeks to go to get those end-of-the-season prizes. So we're going to get it kicked off by announcing our uh, highest score for the week, So which will get these prizes here, one free month, a T-shirt, and an entry into our end-of-the-season free roll. Highest score this week? with a score of 221.62 points, good for 46th in the mini-max, was 12-pack abs. 12-pack abs, congratulations. Uh, for those of you who don't know, 12-pack abs was one of our uh, uh, mini-max winners in week four. 12-pack uh, abs won the mini-max, got the championship belt, so continuing to have a good season, continuing to put up solid results week in, week out. So congratulations, 12-pack abs. Team will reach out to you and let you know that you have won there. Now we are going to do the spin of the wheel to see who gets free tickets to next week's Minimax. I just pulled these uh, names over this morning. The sheet has been updated. We put a link to the Google sheet where we track who is uh, participating with the stream link. So if anybody is interested to check that out, make sure their name is in there. That is available for anybody to do. Uh, we had 132 people max out the mini max this week. Great to continue to see all of the participation. So that being said, this is for free tickets to next week mini max, and we are going to spin the wheel. And it looks like the winner is close. D Prius. I uh, hope I am pronouncing that right, but congratulations, you are our winner for this week. The team will reach out to you. Somebody on the support side will reach out to you and let you know that you have won and uh, let you know about the tickets coming your way. So that wraps up our week 14 uh, Max Challenge giveaway. And we will be right back here next Monday for next week's winners. But thank you, everybody, for continuing to participate. It has been a fun season there. So going to get that off of the screen now. Going to get SaberSim pulled up here and... We only have, it looks like, one question 
in the queue. So if anybody has some questions on their mind that they want to get asked and answered, now is the time to do that. But going to go over here to the Discord. Had a question come in from Naj over the weekend and wanted to get this um, answered for him. I think it's a good place for us to start today. All right, Naj said, what is a good rule of thumb when understanding price and value? I think that may be a hole in my system, not really understanding what I need from a player for their price tag. Okay, this is a good question. So uh, I think this is like a good NBA question. NBA, we could demo this pretty well. So understanding value, right? Really good question right off of the bat. I'm just going to come into Saberson, sort by value. All this... Uh, this value column is like a 6.59 value. All that is, is it's my projection divided by salary times a thousand. That's how we come up with this value. It's like a point per dollar uh, way of describing players saying, you know, um, it's a good way to tell if somebody is like mispriced. So I think that, you know, this really all goes back to uh, pricing. Pricing is an algorithm. It is a, projection in and of itself to describe what DraftKings uh, believes this player is is worth from their own kind of like point per dollar system. So, you know, no, no um, model is perfect, which is why there tend to be salary inefficiencies. Another important thing to note about that is that usually these sites post these contests early, much bunch earlier than before we know news about certain players and whatnot. So as news comes out, salaries do not change. Salaries are static and that's what creates these opportunities. You know, on a night like tonight, I don't know what the injury situation is for today, but let's say somebody like, you know, John Morant is, you know, questionable here. Let's say he get gets ruled out, right? That opens up a ton of minutes opens up a ton of usage, a ton of shots for other players. And maybe somebody like Tyus Jones ends up starting in his place. You know, Tyus Jones projection will be much higher and he will be a great value play because the amount of times we expect him to be on the court to shoot, et cetera, goes way up, but his salary does not change. So, you know, that, that is really, uh, what we are looking for with value is like salary inefficiencies due to news, et cetera, you know, like NFL contests get posted on, you know, Sunday night, Monday for the following week, like so much can happen throughout the week. So, so that's kind of a uh, value in and of itself and how that fits into like the DFS landscape, talking about it, you know, in your process and um, how SaberSim incorporates value, I think is also a good point to touch on. So, you know, SaberSim, you know, is, is able to solve a knapsack problem very well. A knapsack problem is like, you know, how many points can you fit into uh, your lineups? And, you know, we, we basically do that on cash settings when sim diversity is at zero, when ownership fate is at zero and correlation is at zero. That is what SaberSim is doing. It is trying to find the true optimal based on our projections. It is trying to pack in as many points as it possibly can. So there you will get a lot of players with a high value score. Um, thinking about it, you know, in non-cash settings, in like GPP settings, uh, value is great. You know, value is, is important. Value is really good. But 
uh, upside is is ultimately, I think, more important than than value. I think when you're looking at value, you are basing a lot of your assumptions on the player's mean projection, and I think that is something that you know in this show and our content overall, we try to get people to kind of uh, stray away from is don't lean so much on mean projection and think about you know these players' upsides, you know, and and we do a lot to try and quantify upside to take it into account. When we build your lineups, we use upside correlation where we are looking at the correlation values when players have their higher percentile outcomes, as opposed to all of the correlation across all of their outcomes, because we mostly care about the correlation at their highest scores. Uh, The way we uh, bucket the Sims and randomly sample them to, to construct your lineups is in a way, uh, a very good way to take advantage of upside. So, so I think that, you know, value is great. Saberson will probably naturally put a lot of high value players into your lineups, but um, don't, don't value, uh, don't value point per dollar value over upside. You know, at the end of the day, you're still going to need these high percentile outcomes Mm -hmm. to win your contests. And I think, you know, if we were like to uh, maybe, you know, maybe you want to, maximize for upside you want to build for high upside outcomes i think the best thing you can do is take advantage of the percentiles lineup sorting feature in the post build i don't think there's anything more that you can do with value that saber sim is not going to do naturally and you know just running a quick build here right off the bat our top four exposure players are all below 5200 salary and all have a value of about six. So like right here, Saberson is saying like, hey, you know, these are like the highest value plays on the slate. You can go back home, sort by value, see who they are. But but Trent Forrest was first, you know, and then we got uh, Denny from Washington and then Kyle Anderson from Minnesota. So, you know, these are some of the highest value plays on the slate. Saberson understands that. Saberson is going to get them into your lineups where they are, where they, they best fit. You know, they're, as we scroll down, there's no player under six value that is lower exposed than the 65% we see with Trent Forrest. So, you know, as far as like things you can do, you know, I don't think there's too much you need to worry about with value specifically. I think that, you know, um, if you are interested in like maximizing for upside, you can come into the percentile sort by 95th, uh, sort by 99th as well is another great option and maybe try and maximize some of those uh, higher upside outcomes. And then, you know, we still see these players showing up at a pretty high rate here. Uh, Monte Morris went went to the top when we sorted by 99th percentile, but the four players we just named are right behind him and, and not far away at all. Okay, good question there. That, uh, okay, Naj had a follow-up here. Going to get this over and get this answered. Asha, is there a way you can add to the show where we can submit our losing lineups and you can tell us what we did wrong? <laughs> I, I, Naj, I will take this back to the team, but, you know, I think that most players are playing a lot of lineups, you know, the 150 maxes, the 20 maxes, and um, it would it would, it would would take a really long time to, to go through everybody's lineups in that way. Uh, we do have some things kind of on the horizon in regards to um, some some more content and, and things we can do kind of along those lines. So can't say too much about it, but stay tuned for more information 
about that. Hopefully, um, closer to to the new year. But gonna gonna uh, stop there and and not spill any more uh, secrets over over on my end there. Okay, John, jumping over to YouTube chat. Two questions in the YouTube chat. One from John Jones said, "For showdown, if you're making manual interventions pre-build, would it make sense to no longer use?" 10 sim diversity since there's a chance you would no longer get true optimals. John, I think this is a good question. And I think this makes a lot of sense. If that is something you're doing, I would kind of want to know what exactly you're doing that you can't do post build. So, you know, just to answer your question, I think that, you know, that does make a lot of sense. And if you were to do it, I would just bring this down to nine. I don't think you need to go much further than that. So, you know, what John is saying, like at, you know, 10 sim diversity, we're taking single sim optimals, but John is saying, you know, I, I'm coming in here, I'm doing things pre-build to basically that would affect the pre-sim optimals, you know, so so why take optimals if I know I am affecting them? I, if, if you are somebody who does that, you know, bumping down sim diversity just to nine is, is good enough or, you know, um, just just think about it as you know the lower you put your sim diversity the the more and more sims you are taking into account but i think i think 9 is fine and 9 will give you a good um you know sample of sims and then those changes that you're making won't have as strong of an impact so so john to answer your question i think 9 is perfectly fine i would be interested to hear what you are doing in the pre-build that you can't do post-build um, just like, for instance, you know, we're just going to run a couple of lineups here. Uh, maybe you're adding some type of some ownership rule, for instance, you know, you're saying, you know, I want my lineups to be under 190% some ownership uh, based on however you are coming up with that number. Uh, you can do that in the post-build now. So just, just a, just a note for you there. If you go over to this filters, you go to add filter, you could go show lineups with ownership less than 190. And then we will filter out all of the lineups above that ownership. You know, we just put 35 lineups that don't meet that requirement in the trash right away without having to go through and, and click all of them. So again, would be interested to hear what you are uh, specifically doing, but you know, this, post-build lineups filter is an awesome way to maintain the, you know, purest form, the sanctity of the Sims and still get the rules that you want in the post-build. That way you are working from a pool of optimals where you can kind of whittle them down and find what you are looking for. So just a side note there, wanted to make sure everybody is aware of that and is taking advantage of that feature because we think it is an awesome one and a really good way to uh, preserve the Sims while still getting some of these rules and different things that you might want in your lineups. Okay, this is our last question, everybody. Uh, we will see what we do after this one. Matt St. John said, this is my second day using a simulator or lineup maker. I have no idea what to put the settings on, or do I just leave them and the simulator does the work for me? 20 max. Okay, Matt, welcome. Uh, happy to hear you are uh, trying us out and using our simulator. Happy to have you. Glad you found this show. So the way our settings are set up, I think NBA is a better example. Going to hop over to NBA here. You know, uh, we always default to like the main slate. Uh, 
you come into this build lineups, you, all you have to do is put in the settings for the type of uh, contest you're playing. So a 20 max, so it'd be GPP, a 20 max, and then however many entrants there are, you can look on the contest, whatever it may be. Uh, maybe you're playing, you know, something that is more than 50,000 entrants, right? The, the sliders are settings that we have put them at based on extensive backtesting that we have done and have determined that these are the optimal sliders based on these contest metrics. If you were to change this, maybe you're playing a single entry and it's only, you know, less than a thousand, we are going to lower the sliders based on the backtesting as well. So I don't think you need to do anything in this screen to adjust the settings. I would really focus on um, what you can do after the build runs with managing your risk and managing your portfolio of 20 lineups. Uh, an awesome feature that we have is this many unique players. What it does is it requires every lineup that you take with you into your contest to have this many players different from every other lineup that you have. It is a really good feature for uh, decreasing the correlation between your lineups. That way, when one lineup does bad, it has less of an effect on your entire portfolio and hopefully that can offset and one of your other lineups can have a good night while some lineups have a bad night and smooths out your variance over time. So I would really focus on, you know, risk management, you know, is, is uh 90% of a player too risky for you um, is, is, you know, too much correlation between your lineups uh, too much for you. You know, there's a lot you could do. In this part of the process, we handle a lot of the hard work and the crunching and the uh, lineup making for you. All the settings are uh, very well tested and very strong where they are set. So wouldn't focus too much there and would spend a lot more time in this screen. Um, you know, we have a lot of awesome different sorting features. Saber score by default is, is always a really good one. It's our own algorithm. And if you want to learn more about it, you can hover over it in the uh, below the lineup in the summary stats, and we will give you an explanation as to what that is basically trying to do. So any more questions you have, this is the place to ask them, and don't be afraid to come by and ask as many questions as you want. This is what I'm here for. Okay, got a question here from Uncrabby Cabby. Said, hey, Andrew, can you review one of your previous NBA player pools and determine if those lineups are plus EV. Okay, Uncrabby Cabby. So you, you're on the right track that that the only... Okay, so in order to determine if a lineup is like plus or minus EV, you technically have to know what the other lineups that players are going to play is. So that can like technically be done after a contest is over and you save the CSV. But um, as far as like determining, you know, what what your lineup on like a previous build is on a given day. Uh, this is something we talked about last week. Not sure if you, if you caught it or not, but I am going to demo it for you. So a good way to, let me find a day where we ran a build. I'm just looking for a day where we ran some NBA builds here. Okay. So on this December 7th, 11 game NBA slate, we ran a build, right? So if you come in here, there are going to be actual scores over here on the right-hand side. You can come in and see what the actual score of each lineup was. You can come in here. You can sort by actual scores. 
for your entire player pool for just the lineups that you played. You know, let's say we only played 21 lineups. If you hit this review mode button, it is going to grab the 21 lineups you played and sort them by actual score. If you want to look at the actual scores of your entire pool, what you should do is turn review mode off, sort by actual score descending, and then jump over to your pool. So it looks like there were some lineups, you know, in this demo that we uh, were not in our 21 that scored higher than our first lineup in our 21, okay? So we have like five lineups here. If you are interested in in kind of figuring out, you know, am I am I building plus EV lineups, you know, and do I have a strong pool? Something we talked about was take a contest that you play almost every slate, the $1.20 max, um, maybe like the $4.20 max, uh, the, the kind of the more lineups, the better. But, you know, if you're playing like single entry, like that's fine too. Go and look at what the lineup that scored at the 1% uh, threshold was. So maybe there's 20,000 entrants. Go look to see what the score of the 200th place is. Maybe it's 350. And come into your pool, see how many lineups were above that score. So in a 500 lineup pool, if you are putting 1% of your lineups into the top 1%, you should have five lineups that are higher than that 350 score here. So we have one. So it looks like we only had one here. One in our 500 were above the 350. So that's technically not good. We would want to see at least five. And I just made up the 350 off the top of my head. I don't know what the top 1% threshold score was on this day. But but if you are consistently building a pool of lineups that are hot, that have more than its expected value of lineups that would meet the top 1%, that is really good. Another thing to do is look at the lineups that you actually took with you into your contest and see how many of those lineups are making it into the top 1% of those contests. The the calculation's a little different, right? So at at 500 we're looking for five lineups. If you're only playing 20, then that means that one out of five times you are expected to have a lineup that makes it into the top 1% of the given contest that you're looking at. So it'll happen a little less frequently, but I think it's important to kind of look at both because if you're getting, you know, like 10 out of 500 lineups that would meet the top 1% threshold. And so that, that would be a 2% expectation way above average, but you are getting like none of them in your 20, 20 ish lineups that you're playing night after night. This is happening. Maybe you're tweaking too much post build and, and, doing something um, that 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 is leading to those lineups getting missed. Uh, so those are ways to kind of go back and review your process and and use SaberSim to, to go back into a contest and kind of see how your pool looks, how the lineups you're taking with you look, and do a little bit of a deeper dive there. So Uncrabby Cabby, you know, those are my thoughts. And uh, let me know if you have any follow-up there. Okay, going to hit this next question from Aaron. Aaron said, when I have my pool and lineups, I go to stack types and click the plus sign for five or four, two, 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 et cetera. How in the world do I tell Saberson to use those that are now highlighted because the plus sign versus the Saber rank that are there in the background 
I try to use those and fill lineups, but it always fills the default sorted lineups instead of the highlighted stack I want. Okay, so I think there's like a little bit of confusion here, but I'm happy to uh, talk about this. So when you, I'm just so when when you come in here, right for for any given stack, and then you hit this magnifying glass, all it is going to do this is like a filter. So it's gonna all you're saying is like, hey Saber Sim, show me this lineup, and don't show me all of the rest. It's more of like a spot checking feature, like hey you know, I have like only one four two stack. Uh, what does this lineup look like? And do I want to play it? And then you come in here, you see what the lineup looks like. And then you can kind of say like, hmm, do I want to play it? Am I okay with this lineup, et cetera. Or, you know, it's the same like for players. Like, you know, maybe I want to see all of my lineups with Giannis. You know, if I'm going to pay up for somebody at 12,000 salary, what does the rest of my lineup look like? Am I getting too many uh, low projected players to make up for that salary deficit? And, you know, you can come in here and, and look at the salaries of players. So so this is just like a highlighting feature. If you highlight this and say, you know what, I do like this lineup and I do want to play it, what I would do is hit this lock button. If you hit this lock button, it is going to make sure that the lineup that you hit the lock on is in the the is is one of the lineups that you take with you into your contest. So we hit the lock button on this lineup. It it got moved from the pool into the lineups and it will always be there regardless of any other changes we make. So it is it is it is just a highlighting feature. It works the same for for players as it does as it does stack types. You know, maybe you don't like not having any three twos when there are 21% of them in your pool. So you hit this highlight, you go over to pool, and then you're like, you know what? I like this lineup. I would just hit the lock. You know, I like this lineup. I hit the lock. That way, when I get rid of this filter, those lineups are now going to be over here in my pool of lineups. And then I could just tell SaberSim to refill and that lineup is still going to be here. I don't remember which one it was, but these are both three twos right here, and they have the little lock symbol. So that's how you could tell which ones they are because these ones do not have the lock. So that that is what the magnifying glasses do. It also shows like like minuses as well. I think this is like a good tool for showdown. You know, if we jump over here to showdown really quickly, and I'm going to pull up this build that we ran. So, so this is a good way. It's like, Hey, show me, show me lineups that have Mac Jones. And then maybe you don't want to pair him with like some chalky player, right? So if I have Mac Jones and the captain, show me lineups that don't have Ramon J. Stevenson. And there are eight lineups in my pool. And you could be like, okay, you know, um, I already built these lineups. They're already sim optimals. Now I want to go and play like a game theory angle where I play these certain type of constructions where one player is in the lineup and another player isn't, you know, we just did that with the filters and then you can come in here and determine if you want to play this lineup or not, or, or maybe you want to like avoid chalky constructions. So you come in here and say, Hey, you know, if I'm playing Stevenson, uh, and like, I don't want to play lineups with Stevenson, Mac Jones, and 
uh, maybe Hopkins, like for instance. So I have seven of those lineups. You're like, you know what? If I have St- Stevenson captain and Mac Jones and a run back of Hopkins, this lineup is going to be too chalky for me. So you can, you can use the filters to find the lineups that meet those requirements and then come in here and then trash them and then say, nope, you know, I don't want to play any of these seven. Find me other lineups that, that don't have that combination kind of, or, or refill this lineup and we got rid of those seven. So those are like the ways that I would suggest using the magnifying glasses is to kind of do like some trimming of your lineup pool and be like very meticulous with it. Okay. Let me know if you have any follow-up there, Aaron. All right. Question here from Darren D. Uh, Millie, why am I not landing on these lineups? Been on all the nuts recently on NFL main slate, have a narrow pool and have some decent high scoring lineups, but nothing crazy. I always go back and review my pool and check what optimizer built me. And I see lineups that would have places top 10 in the Millie. Why am I not landing on these lineups, trying to find the best filter to sort by and uh, probably score and saber score seems to never sort by anything with actual scores over 170 points what do I do to pick these crazy lineups? Okay. So this, this is a good question, right? And you know, there, there are a lot of ways to, uh, we, we have a lot of lineup sorting features so people can try out different things. And we also also have custom metrics, right? You can come in here and you can build a metric based on projection, ownership, value, salary, saber score percentiles. You know, we, we, we have given users the ability on the pro plan to come in here and create a metric based on whatever factors are important to them. Uh, I I really think that this really goes back to how many good lineups are you building in your pool? And I I am very sure that, you know, if you are building a strong pool and you continue to put in as many unique lineups as you can, you are going to realize those times where you are building those lineups and they have higher actual scores in your pool, you will get to one of those lineups. Like, and the more good lineups you are building in your pool, you know, you're doing player pool curation. Like you're saying um, you're, you're making adjustments in the home screen. Like it sounds like, you know, you, you have a plus EV process that is leading you to building good lineups. The more unique lineups you can play and the more uh, times you can play just over and over again, like those opportunities are going to come and then you are going to get those lineups in the right contest. Uh, if we, if we knew what, uh, lineups we're going to score the highest on any given day. You know, we would put those at the top of your pool, but unfortunately we don't. Saber, Saber score is an approximation for EV of a lineup. You know, if we were to run this contest a thousand times, uh, we believe that, you know, the lineup at the top would have the highest EV over that stretch. That does not, uh, is not perfectly representative of one instance, unfortunately. But I think that, you know, we, we have a lot of different ways to sort your lineups and have given the ability for users to create their own metrics, which is really cool. So continue to build a strong pool. Uh, don't get too frustrated. And uh, hopefully, you know, in the very near future, you're going to be able to capitalize on one of those instances. That's the best advice I can give you, you know, continue to practice bankroll management and continue to be patient. But sounds like you have a good process overall, Darren. Okay. Going to keep rolling here. Got a question from Chris. Said, do you have a recommendation site on where to find the best player usage rates? Um, 
I do not have a good website to do that. I can tell you that, you know, usage is a big part of what we do here. You know, any stats that are, you know, predictive or uh, good stats to to look at, to take into account, the model does that, right? Uh, the team is, is really good. The model is really good. We understand what uh, what works best to project players' points. And so, you know, I can tell you that, you know, usage is definitely a big part of our model. I think that, um, you know, a really good site that is free to use is um, a Roto-Grinder site called Court IQ. It is a tool that can show you, you know, usage and minutes and fantasy points when certain players are on a court. So you can put a certain, you know, combination of players on or off the court and it'll show you, you know, usage, minutes, um, expected fantasy points, et cetera. So that's a completely free tool to use and um, definitely worth checking out if you have not checked it out in the past. Court, like C-O-R-C-O-U-R-T, and then I-Q. So check that out if you haven't before. Totally free tool. Okay, question here from Sojo. said, what's the difference of setting a rule for ownership and going to the sliders? and making an adjustment to the ownership slider? This is a really good question. Happy to answer this. Want to uh, catch this one from Aaron real quick. Gotcha, sweet. Thanks, Andrew. Happy that that helped you and uh, cleared up some frustration, Aaron. Okay, so jumping back to this question from Sojo. said, what's the difference of setting a rule for ownership and going to the sliders and making an adjustment to the ownership slider? Sojo, and for anybody else watching, if you have not seen our latest episode, of behind the sims i would highly recommend checking it out we did like a really big deep dive into this topic pretty much and um if you go over to our youtube channel go to playlists go down here to behind the sims and click and it is this the sanctity of the sims this is a new episode that we just recently released and we basically talked about this exact thing and kind of the workflow of how a lineup gets built from the very beginning to the lineup uh, being put into your pool was a really good discussion with Andy, Matt, Jordan, and myself. But jumping back here, you know, kind of talking about one of these principles, right, is that if you change the ownership fade slider, the ownership fade slider is basically an input to the sim, okay? So so the way it works is like you change the ownership slider and then we build the lineups, right? I, th I think what can be confusing is that um, you can also make lineup rules before the build. So so think of sliders and rules differently, okay? The the way that that I described it uh, in in the in the video that makes the most sense to me might not make as much sense to everybody else is think about, you know, the sliders as like you're getting ready for um, you're getting, I, I, I did like a dance, right? Like you go to a dance, uh, you're getting ready for the dance. You're going to meet your partner, which is like the other lineups in, in, in the other players in the lineup. And then you get to the door, right? And then the, the lineup rules are like the bouncer and it's like, okay, you know, do you meet this ownership? Yes. Okay. You can come in. Do you meet this ownership? No? Okay, you're out of here. So lineup rules come into effect after the lineups are built, and it's basically like a bouncer at the door 
determining if you get to go into the pool of lineups or not. The lineups are already built. When you are changing ownership fade, you are adjusting the inputs that go into the lineups being made. So when you are in increasing ownership fade, when we are constructing your lineups, we are going to uh, basically like tax players that have higher ownership and uh, give a tax break favor players who have lower ownership. So that is kind of the difference between the two is that, you know, when changing the slider, this is adjusting how and who are going into your lineups. And then the lineup rules are saying what lineups get to go into your pool of lineups that you actually see in the post build. So definitely can see how that can be confusing. Uh, happy to try and describe it another way if it is still confusing to anybody, but that is the way that makes the most sense to me. And um, I think that it is a fairly good analogy, but yes. So, so, so we, so we suggest, you know, changing the ownership fade slider before adding the rule. And then if there was a rule that you like, try and apply that post build using the filters rather than as an input. It's better to do it as a filter maintaining more of the, uh, you know, you're allowing the Sims to give you what the Sims want and then you whittle it down from there as opposed to saying like, uh, nope, you know, this lineup doesn't meet my ownership. Go to the back of the line and go find another date. And it kind of messes up what the Sims wanted to do in the first place. So that is why we, we suggest using the post-build filters, a big reason that we added them for everybody to use and and we are a big fan of of using them in our in our content and our messaging to our users but really good question there okay looks like we got a couple more questions here from Naj in the discord going to jump back here um okay i'm going to pull this over Naj for, uh, it's like a two parter first time first part says also every time i lock players in my pool and create rules, I lose terribly. But last night, all I did was lock Austin Eckler at captain and let Sabersim do everything else. I cashed. I just feel like that's not reliable in the long run. So should I keep putting my twist to it or just give it to Sabersim? And then also the second part here said, if I'm updating my projections and I keep getting a certain player in the Sims final build and I don't know why, should I keep him even though I don't know why he keeps showing up or should I try to find a new angle? Okay, two good questions here. going to talk about them one at a time. Um, Naj, I mean, this is like, you know, very much on, on you and your risk tolerance. It sounds like you have a pretty high risk tolerance. Uh, me specifically, you know, I, I would be uh, not very comfortable locking in one captain and letting it ride you know even this uh default build that we're running here with Ramondre Stevenson at 80 percent would probably be too much for me you know I don't really like having all of my eggs in one basket but that is the player that I am you know you're saying that you know you are perfectly comfortable locking in Austin Eckler and letting it ride so it sounds like you know, you have a little bit more of a risk tolerance there. I think that when you take a, a stance or an angle like that, it is by nature going to be very high variance. You are not allowing any other captain into your pool. And, you know, if we come over here and, and look at how many 
captains we have in our pool of 500 lineups. I'm just going to reset this really quickly. You know, in our entire pool of 500 lineups, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. We have about 20-ish captains that Sabersim has built lineups for. And, you know, we still have like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 players over 5% even, you know, just knock off all the players below 5%. And you still have like a good number of players above that threshold, which is like a one in 20 instance in the Sims. So it, 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 it will be by nature, very, uh, high variance. If, if you do take a lock, my captain approach, if that's your style, then, you know, just, just understand that comes with doing that. It is like a cause and effect type of thing. Um, you know, maybe just try managing the exposure a little more in the post build and allowing some of these other captains into your builds. Uh, you might not have as many instances with one captain, but you will have a mix and maybe you get to, you know, some more Mike Williams, some more Keenan Allen, other guys that did really well on last night's slate, Tyreek Hill, and give yourself different ways of getting to the optimal. So just some food for thought there. And then jumping over to this second part of the question said, if I'm updating my projections and keep getting a certain player in the Sims final build, and I don't know why, should I just keep him, even though I don't know why he keeps showing up, or should I try to find a new angle? Uh, this is something that you know I I I feel uh, a little conflicted about at times. So you know I am somebody not really for for NFL, but for NBA, I do like quite a bit of research uh, on my own and and try and look into different situations. And I will adjust the projections, right? Excuse me. And I will try and um, find out, you know, where I want to take a stand, where I don't think a player is getting enough uh, respect, etc. So, you know, I will come in here and adjust projections sometimes. I, I think that, you know, if you make a projection adjustment and you run a build, right, and you're still not seeing the player that you were wanting, right, that, that is a good time to say, okay, you know, I have told Sabersim in the input phase what I think. And given that input, Sabersim is thinking is is thinking like, well, I still think this. So then, you know, that 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 is like a crossroad where you have to say, okay, you know, do I want to bump this player more? Or do I want to, you know, be okay? with this conclusion because I know that I gave Sabersim the information that I thought and I let it evaluate it for me. I think that's the way like I try to go about it. And, and, you know, sometimes like I'll make a second adjustment and run it. And, and if I make a second adjustment and it is still like not giving me a player or still giving me a player, right. I'll usually listen to it. So, so let's say, you know, for tonight, maybe um, I think that Trent Forrest is, is not going to play 29 minutes. Maybe I think he's going to play like 26 minutes, you know, like three and a half minutes less. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to decrease his projection. I don't know, maybe like two points. Um, you could, you could do projection divided by minutes and figure out his points per minute. But, you know, just for the sake of this, I'm going to say, you know, 17, right? Let's say I run a build. Let's say I'm still getting a lot of him. Okay. You know, maybe, Maybe that wasn't enough, or maybe Sabersim still really likes him at this projection. So, so you could you could do two things. 
You could one, listen to what Sabersim is saying, say, hey, you know, I told Sabersim what I thought and it still thinks this, I'm okay with that. Or you could say, okay, you know, maybe I wasn't aggressive enough. Maybe I need to make it 16, right? You rerun a build, you see what it says. And, you know, maybe his exposure looks more like what you want it to. Maybe you have none of him and you say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I want it less, but I didn't want none. Right. So, so those are like the, the decisions that you kind of have to make and decide um, what you want to do in those instances. I think there's no right or wrong answer, you know, but I, but I think that giving SaberSim a thought that you're having and letting SaberSim tell you through exposures what 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 SaberSim thinks is a very good back and forth that you can have with the tool, and it can give you more information than I think a lot of people think it can intuitively. You know, and that's something we talked about, like fragile value. Um, you know, if you come into a build right, and we have you know a lot of Kyle Anderson right. Like maybe, maybe I decrease this projection to 28 and, you know, uh, or 29. Like now what does Sabersim think when his projection is 29? You know, if you adjust projections in the post build, Saber score will rerun and it will resort the lineups based on this new projection input. So he went from 90% to 55 with a, you know, two-ish projection adjustment Sometimes with with players at like really low uh, scores, like they might get like wiped off the face of your uh, build, and that's a way to determine like, okay, you know, at twenty he's a good play, but but at eighteen, you know, he's he's a much less good play. Or I, I would still consider him a strong play, you know, at eighteen, still getting fifty five percent of him. But sometimes you'll see this drop to you know twenty percent, fifteen percent, and then. That is what I would determine like fragile value. So, you know, long-winded way uh, or long-winded answer for you. I hope that, you know, you guys got some some something from that that you can take away and use in your own process. I think the concept of fragile value is, is really good. And I've always, always on this show, you know, stressed uh, man plus machine. You know, it's you and the builder is always stronger than just the builder or just yourself. And trying to find a way to have a dialogue with SaberSim and get some feedback on your thoughts is always a good direction to go in, in, in my, in my opinion. So that's my thoughts there. Uh, let me know if anybody has any follow-up and we can touch on it some more, but you know, looking here in the chat, that was our last question. Uh, you know, only had one question coming into the show today, got a lot of live interaction. Appreciate all of you guys who showed up ask questions live and turn this into a really good show. We will be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, as always, to answer your guys' questions. So until then, thank you, good luck in your contest, and I will see you all tomorrow. Peace out.